This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me out. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I am your host, Blake Howard, and we are up to minute 11 of Michael Mann's crime epic opus saga, Heat, 1995. And I am joined by a freaking Avengers-level SmackDown crew to dissect the remainder of this amazing heist that I left you last with last episode with Mr. Luke Buckmaster. And he's back again! Luke Buckmaster! It's great to be back. It's yeah, excellent. fantastic to be back. Excellent. You're looking well. Oh, looking very well. Thank you. Thank you, you very much. some <laughs> Maybe. Maybe between episodes. I've also got the editor of uh, the magazine, online magazine, film site, um, Trailblazer beside me on my left, Mr. Garth Franklin. Say hello, sir. Hello, it's good to be back. And <laughs> the man who goaded me into this in a drunken uh, in a drunken stupor <laughs> and also is nursing a beer from Geek of Oz, one of my favourite film geeks in Sydney, Mr. Stu Cute. Say hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Oh, look, we're right in the thick of it. You guys can see a freeze frame right now on this screen of a tipped over armoured car, a giant green behemoth of a truck called Raja uh, as the branding on the truck, a tow truck. Uh, I left you in a hospital. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> Since now. We were fine. We were walking through a hospital. Now there's a truck on its side. I want to know how we got here. Okay, well look, we can quickly go back through all nine minutes. No, I'm just kidding. There's other episodes for that. There's other episodes. You can go back and see what we talked about. But we are right here... It's a convergence. This wonderful, as Miss Luke Buckmaster, who joined us in the previous episode, talked about was this sort of Hitchcockian level convergence and travel and time and space happening to get us to this point. This is the heist. They're very patiently kicking off um, a car, a, 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 cutting to the chase without a chase, I believe Luke called it, which I love. So now we are going to listen to the opening of one of the most iconic cinema heists in history. And then these lovely three gents and I are going to you know, four musketeers dissect this bad boy with you. So, have a listen. Here we are. 
It's a hell of a moment. I'm actually really <laughs> interested to know how they made all of the windows in each Shatter of the mirror yeah. at yeah. exactly the same time. It's such yeah. a it's such a well timed squibs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, per- the most perfectly timed squibs of all time. Because you can imagine how annoying that would be if you stuck that up. And there's twelve cars with the succinct, beautiful depth charge or whatever it is, the shape charge here, sorry, mm. um, that, that goes off and shatters all those windows. But let's just go back for a second. It's on mute, so we're, uh, we we won't be playing the sound as we sort of flash back. But there's this amazing moment that the truck hits, it flips on its side, we're still in um, what is ultimately the 10th minute of the film. And then we move into the 11th minute, which is where we're all at together, and we see... I just love, there's just something the tinsel? about the patience of the tinsel. <laughs> to wait yeah. for it to, to, to show for the impact. Public. Yes. That it's like the yeah. dust is settling after the... the so so yeah. when Baz Luhrmann was just finding his feet. <laughs> so like, you have to take whatever work you can get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that just happened to that, be a it's, piece it, of tinsel. It's known as going to the regional finals. <laughs> 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 Actually, as a blue, which is yeah, winning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's seven seconds um, seven seconds of kind of scoreless space that is the kind of exhale after this amazing sort of heist uh, truck crash. crash and the car comes to a stop against the car and then bang, Elliot Goldenthal's in there and I love there's this like sort of heavy metal like a bit of flange guitar that's like this, we're in business now, we are right in the thick of the action. Mm-hmm. You see Val Kilmer, who you don't actually really know it's Val Kilmer, just at a couple of seconds here, comes and mounts this big shape charge. Everyone is clinically setting themselves up and as you know, I loved a couple of the uh, Hitchcockian sort of uh, analyses and uh, comparisons that we've drawn in some of the previous episodes because this is perfect Hitchcock. This is as someone who says, I've been taken down 211, 211, and he actually sets the pace for the entire rest of the heist. We have three minutes to get out of here before well, the cops come. And showing us a clock. Yes, showing literally. us a clock. Literally. Literally. The, 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 a, they knew how long the time was and the, they're already plan ahead so they know what the police response times are and so forth the fact that we have in this thing this is the time where if he could do something very flash technical have like a welding or a laser or anything like to break into that nope he just goes for the classic just straight up explosive this is all old school and it's, it's very and it's old school pre-shaped so. too yeah. like he and that's that's what I think I love about that detail is he runs mounted there's no measuring no. he's not measuring to see if that works Bang! He knows precisely how big how big the door is. Yep. He knows what he needs to do. He mounts it. We hear the call from inside the car that says, "We're you know we're being held up." You see the guys move. Bang! Everyone is lined up to perfection. And they run with the efficiency of an NFL play. <laughs> yes. Like this is Belichick has written this play. They're, Tom Brady is in there. He is calling. Neil is Tom Brady. I think for this scene, he is Tom Brady. Absolutely. They look okay. for him as their he's their general, their leader. Yeah. Yeah. But they are they're in place. They are hitting their X. You are going to mark off here. You are going to go there. You're going to move here, move there. And if everything, that's why if everything goes according to plan, everything's fine. And I think it's really like it's just. Um, Luke called it a previous episode called some directors get caught in the discombobulation of like that you lose the audience with stuff happening in a scene too much but I love that you you know even though right now even it's 10 minutes and 24 seconds on the pause screen that we're having a look at and we see a clock coming up on the screen and we see that Neil has just had a a walkie talkie message come through from Treo who's their driver we see a quick like I think it's maybe a half a second flash of his face calling in. He's, he's holding the walkie-talkie up to the police scanner that he's got in his car so that he knows that the calls come in and then reconfirms it. Mm-hmm. Bang, 
Yep. He sets the timer. They have three minutes to execute mm. this plan, and it's just we are ten minutes, twenty six seconds. So twenty six seconds into the eleventh minute, it's just such perfection and clinical. As you said, I love that. Belichick, and then man Brady undoes the, the, the basically does the plan in real time. In real time. Now yeah. we're, we're now we're in real time, and I love that. Even so far, and I think what, what was cool about some of the previous episodes is discovering the kind of the tangents. The Vincent Hanna it feels like this morning. The Neil McCauley feels like the morning of this heist. Let me see the Val Kilmer preparation actually getting the shape charge is definitely something that seems to have happened in an alternate timeline, but it's all we beautifully crafted and weaved mm. together into this moment, and now we're in real time. I love when people mess with cinematic temporality in that stage, and you go from multiple timelines or converging timelines, sped up stuff, to right now, I'm I'm in it. I'm in this scene. Yeah, absolutely. And while you're sort of, while he's kind of messing with that timeline and doing those sort of things, there's a, there's a really internal discipline to what to what he's doing you know you know where you are on the map mm-hmm. you know where you are in the city it's you know it's like we said in the previous episode hitchcock's north by northwest you know where you're being located and here you can see it working on a bit more of a micro level yes. The cameras hang hanging around uh, the shoulders you know there's a lot of mid shots yes. a lot of eyeball acting mm-hmm. uh, yeah and it's quite good eyeball but it's also that's too. also the classic thing of a, a good action filmmaking is geography is knowing basically every the, the audience knows and can follow every single action beat you're not lost with the camera being too shaky or too sort of and that's and discombobulated and that's supported with the editing the editing yes. is very assured the editing and the filming and the, the way it's framed yeah. and all that where stuff. are we this is where the technical stuff really becomes important we come to a clock yeah here's the clock we come to a group here's the like almost a V yes we're either side of the truck in a V formation we're here we're to the back of the truck or oh, we know where that is when the when the squibs go off yep. or when the, when the, um, the explosion happens but that's all been set up through the editing. It keeps you informed the whole way through. One thing I really like as we, when the explosion happens, is that there could be, and I know it'll be, it becomes an issue, but for this minute, it's there's not an over aggressive um, handling of the guys within the truck when they're brought out. No, these no. are working men. Yeah, they are not responsible for what's inside. It's not their money. The goods aren't theirs. Mm, yes. So they're not treated like. They're not treated any worse. They're just treated as professionals. Professionals, professionals yeah. taking yeah. out professionals, going yes. get on the ground. Yeah. No harm was meant to come of them because we're just here for the the X in the vault, which is very similar to how we've seen throughout Heat how professionals are handled. The people mm. in the hospital, yes. we just see professionals working. We don't. We see people doing their yeah. job. It just happens that these guys are having a very bad. And day. even to the very core of the film, it's mm. about two professionals doing their job, doing their job, doing it clashing. well. Yeah. And as long as everyone does the plan, like there's a big thing about no, no innocent people should be hurt mm. while we're going about doing our business. But if you get in our way, then you might get hurt. But I like the way they get them out of the truck in a very. Like, come on, you've been... Well, done. they're efficient. There's no sort yeah. of thing. They're going straight to it. They don't, they because they're on the clock. It. Yeah. And to actually sit there and rough someone yes. up or put the boot in is taking Take so much seconds away yeah, yeah. from... Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference between that inclination of, if you're looking at white hat, black hat, sort of traditional good and bad guys, is that the good guys are going to rough up bad guys when they see them, and bad guys are going to rough up good people when they have the opportunity. But in this, it's like... To strike fear. To strike fear, or whatever the case may be, for reputational purposes or whatever. But I love... We're at 10 minutes and 38 seconds. You were just talking... We we just briefly, as we're discussing, watch the the synchronicity of those beautiful windows all splashing off at the same time. Uh, Fantastic. And then it's 10 minutes and 40 seconds. They've watched it 
go off. And as you said, it's just get out of our way. It's yeah, not... You are not my objective. No, you've got to go home. You've got, you've, you've, got got, home. you've got a kid. You've got a kid. The, the best case scenario yeah, is maybe that you, two. I don't know. I don't know them that well. I've just, <laughs> I've just met them. We've just <laughs> known them. We've just I don't know. Yeah, They're in might, a polygamous marriage. Yeah. He, might, he, might, he might not have kids. He might have chosen not to at a young age. So, so he had a bad upbringing. And that's didn't want fine to, as well. He has a cat machine. Yeah. And while we're adding questions <laughs> to the mix, why does Val Kilmer get the black mask? And everybody Danny, else is like, no, Danny Treyer has a black mask. Oh, sorry. Danny Treyer has. Oh, yeah. The masks are interesting. Have you noticed that? There is like. There's two of the white masks which are exactly the same. Two black masks which are exactly the same. And then there's two black masks. Yeah, it might have been a Mr. Black. But Neil wouldn't have had them buy them all in the one shop. We know that. For yes, sure. they have That's different a, shops. I love to think of different that. sporting goods shops. No, but I, yeah. you're not buying. You're not buying no, more than one place. And they bought the generic ones. And but what we talked about in the previous episode, and this is what I want to refer back to, is that, and we're going to see it in a granular level in an upcoming minute. Is Wayne Grow's mask is a sunken mask. There is something dark and menacing mm-hmm. and, 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 and repugnant underneath it. And I think in all of the other masks, you see a very physical and human character. And as you said, we talked about the eye acting just a moment ago. Yes. There's b- sensational eye acting going along. You know each of the characters that's happening. And we're at 10 minutes and 44 seconds here. And there are people just getting in. Get these guys out of here. Get them out because we, ne- we know what our objective is. Even though the audience, us sitting here, may not be exactly specifically clear what the hell their objective is, our assumption would be it's an armored car. They're going in for cash. But well, it's but the same, it's same in a rugby league game. Like someone puts on a big. Ta- you watch like very good teams. For, for instance, someone like a Melbourne Storm. Yes, they'll make a tackle. Uh, a lesser team would come in for the niggle and the face massage and the the eighties football <laughs> face massage. Good, that sounds good. pretty good. Good. Yeah. You wanted the the but a good team will put you, will hit you, put you down, and contain, and then move back. Mm. That's yes. what these guys are doing. Yeah. They're hitting hard yeah. and yeah. containing and moving out. They don't have time to muck around. They've got a couple of minutes before the heat is going to be on them. But that's what professionals do. Yeah. If you're a professional in that thing, like you, you don't let the ego get in the way. You get, you have a job to do. You get done. But at and ten minutes off. and fifty-two seconds, we see there's Neil. And we see Chris Shahela. So we've got Robert De Niro's character and Val Kilmer's character together. And we see them hand out. So we've got, um, we know that Treo, which is played by Danny Treo, his name, the character's name is Treo as well. Danny Treo's character is in the car. He's their wheelman. And you've also got Michael, the character played by Tom Sizemore, is out there. Like, he is the main, the main sort of uh, lookout, I suppose you'd call it. And Wayne Grow played by Kevin Gage here, is crowd work. This is we're starting to see an established relationship of yeah. roles in this performance. A pecking order. A bit of a pecking yeah. order, but everyone has a role. It's like a team. Yeah. Exactly the same allegory you yeah. talked about with the team. But there's a massive difference between the way, you know, Chris is in there. He's the first one in on the charge. He's there. He's ferrying people out. Neil is getting them out of the truck to yeah. make it easier for Chris to do his job. And it's here at 10 minutes and 52 seconds that we get the first grunty, grizzled, like Wayne Grove is asserting something. He's trying to peacock in this moment. Because you get the sense that you get the sense that someone in uniform, it's someone in authority. He's relishing the time he's now in charge. Yes. He's going to get his... His, his, his dues. This and is where the ego comes in. This yeah. is the massive ego. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Is like You look at um, Michael, Tom Sizemore's character, you look at Chris, you look at Neil. These guys are BAU. And you get Wayne Grow, and he is, even in just seconds, is the odd man out. Because why is he mm. grunting and grizzling and grinding people into the ground? Let's ferry these guys out. You throwing them on the ground isn't speeding shit up, buddy. And they also cast in a, a great way that they're small people yeah they're not 
He's not taking down some gorilla who's going to <laughs> yeah. to no. fight to his last breath. Yeah. No. These are little guys who yeah. very soon standard night watchmen. Well, yeah, most the yeah. amount, most time they, they nothing's ever going to come up on yeah. one of their runs. No. This is the worst day of their life. This is the worst this, case. This has never happened. They they see this in training training videos. This has never happened. These guys go from ATM to ATM and safety safety deposit boxes filling them up. They've never seen. A crew like this just mm. hitting them. This is no different to the cashier being really inexperienced and someone roughing her up. It's yes. like, yeah. what? Just ask her for the money. She'll <laughs> probably give it to you. You don't need to backhand someone as well. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe next time he won't be reading the newspaper. He won't. <laughs> leafing through us. Maybe he'll be looking at the he doesn't, little spy hole. He doesn't get car sick. I'll tell you, you ever try reading? <laughs> you ever try doing, doing a crossword it's or a Sudoku brutal, like at the lights? <laughs> I'm never driving in a car with you. If you are driving doing a Sudoku at the lights, we're not driving together. Uh, I've got a six, a three, and a five. I cannot get this four in here. I don't know any math. Okay, so the eleventh minute of this incredible film literally ends mid still. We have actually no. I'm sorry. I, I should say. We have Neil throwing guys out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Tenderly. T- well, tenderly. Like, tenderly. 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 tenderly passing, oh, yes. passing it out. A, that is with Mike, care. That is yeah. Michael that is that is grabbing the character because Michael also has the white mask. Mm. And before Neil then comes out and plays Lookout in the upcoming minute and Val Kilmer goes into the car. I just love... This is what... This is the effortlessly, uh, effortlessly rewarding rewatch value of this movie is just the the subtle things of the people playing roles all the time and 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 just you look at this and you're everything makes such sense i know it's not it doesn't have not all movies have to have uh and and i think a movie that is so similar to this but doesn't also have to have the same logic applied to it is the dark knight I love the clinical precision with which this undertaking is going ahead. Like, I love that... I love thinking about stupid stuff, which is why this entire podcast exists, but I love thinking about... <laughs> you, like, you like the meticulous detail, the level but of I attention lo- and how yeah, it's like... I, I love that criminal. I love that criminality in this film is dealt with with a level of respect. Um, and I love mm. that people who would be... You know, you hear about professional criminals, and I guess you, you hear about that, and there's in, in some ways it's like you see like the Godfather or something like that, and you've got, you know, criminality as mafiosa or whatever in family and organised crime. This is organised crime. As far as I'm concerned, this is the most organised crime it could be. Like, a cool this, level... This is a finely tuned crime. <laughs> this, yeah. this is a Formula One of yeah, crime. this is Formula One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got a stopwatch involved. Exactly. Yeah, any crime with a stopwatch is very well organised. You've, so- you've got someone with a clipboard going, shaking their head at the end going 253 <laughs> we yeah. can do better yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that stopwatch tax deductible they're taking <laughs> down it's not taking them, down to the, crime. taking them down to the institute of sport getting them in the wind tunnel trying to shave <laughs> hundreds of seconds <laughs> off their robbery what it really needs is an excitable Italian commentator this- <laughs> oh my god okay. Mar- Mario Balotelli where are you sir <laughs> I love the studs on the vest yeah. matching up with the holes in the hockey mark. I just love the look of that. <laughs> All right. 
Gunji ahead. A, that's a Gianni Versace. <laughs> Gunji ahead. Are you to your next bank robbery? Are you wearing a hockey mask or ex-presidents from Point Break? Have Which do you ho- reach have for? Have to be a hockey mask. Look at it. But like, do you make. go for a Nixon or do you go for a hockey? That's. Can you get an update to the presidents? So, uh, can we? Can well, we? Well, like, contemporize yeah, them. Is yeah, there yeah, yeah. Well, they tried to contemporize Point Break. Uh, that didn't work out. No, I, I, don't <laughs> I, don't like, <laughs> I don't like to racially profile like that. Yeah. Okay. Trump. I'll allow. But I think. Get if you're wearing an Obama, unless you're doing an impression, I'm not happy with it. Yeah, it gets a bit... Yeah, okay. Well, like, you get that was just, me. That yeah. was just one example <laughs> of a president. Can I get my money? <laughs> I'd love for George W. Bush's robbing a bank, oh. though. I would love that. They're, they're bumbling. I, th- I see... Have George W. Bush Sr. as the head of the I, I would the just love all the guys in two hands <laughs> mm. who uh, rob that bank and then the guy who, like, trips over the counter and yeah. knocks himself unconscious. If he was wearing a George W. Bush <laughs> mask, that would be the most amazing thing of all time. But no, these guys are just so proficient, so amazing. And I, I, the, the opening of this sequence, I think the exhale, because you inhale and that truck hits. And I think it's, you know, we talked with a couple of times mentioned The Dark Knight, but it's the same thing I think that Chris Nolan was desperate to repeat mm. at the, in, in, the, in the massive truck sequence in the middle of The Dark Knight, which is that a crash happens and there's almost like a, a holding of your breath, it, it tips over it lands on its back and there's an exhale and this film has a it has a notable exhale the score disappears the flickering of that uh of that flag that uh you know confetti flag if you like that's in the car lot flickers down and lands and then bang the score hits again it's just this magic this majesty of how do you orchestrate something to continue to turn on and slow down tension and i think it just works to perfection but it reinforces what what the crew is doing it's like when we see in, in films when the explosion goes off and the sound goes out yes it's mm. to be the shell shock it's to be the mm. sensory kind of thing going you lose your senses for a second then you know but it's that's when these guys capitalize yes. they're already one step ahead <laughs> yeah. they've hit they're already out of the car <laughs> yes, while yeah. you're collecting your like your senses this, yeah well, well this guy's reaching for his paper going no I've worked all morning on my Sudoku <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they've already got him out of the truck and he's gone that's not fair I've got to get back in there <laughs> <laughs> and it's not fair either it's no, not because no, it was worked all morning much as has been said about the Sudoku I think he was being quite lazy in this Reading the headlines. I take him as one of those asshole guys who reads the headlines and then tells people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you guys know in Syria at the moment that <laughs> things are happening? It's like, where did you hear that? Oh, I don't know. I just know things. <laughs> Give me a look at your paper. No, I'm doing the Sudoku. You can't have it. <laughs> Come on, Barry, every time. <laughs> I did know that this was going to go in this direction, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been. The 11th minute of Michael Mann's Crime Saga Heat. I've got a an absolute all-star lineup with you. Luke Buckmaster, Stu Cook, Garth Franklin. Gents, this heist is not over. And I don't think that I could possibly end without you guys joining me for the remainder of this heist. Would you join me for the remaining minutes of this heist and watch how clinical Neil McCauley's team is? Oh, actually, I'm kind of, yes, of course. Oh, yes. 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 I've got, got one more minute in me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to One Heat Minute. So far, we'll be back in just a minute with, I think, the second of three minutes. As we've already heard, it's a three-minute countdown. We have a couple of more minutes left of one of the most iconic crime heists of all time. Come back and join me with Luke, with Stu, with Garth, with Blake Howard, and with Neil and his team. Thank you so much, Garth Franklin, Stu Coote, Luke Buckmaster. You can find Garth at, at Dark Horizons 
on Twitter, Stu Cudit at Stu underscore watches on Twitter, and Luke Buckmaster at Luke Buckmaster, all one word on the Twitter sphere. Guys, thank you so much for listening. It is now episode 11 of One Heat Minute. We are having an absolute blast producing this show for you, so thank you so much. Thank you to our music guy, Paul Davies. Thank you to Garth Franklin for his assistant website design. And subscribe, rate, review on whatever podcast app you use. We would love your feedback. Thank you so much for listening.